0: The Red Elephant Podcast with Fawn Padalino.
1: Hey everyone, we are back today with Mr. Ryan Glosson, and he is the pastor of the First Baptist Church of Turbyville. How are you today?
0: Good, how are you?
1: I can't complain. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
0: Uh, so I'm a, uh, as you pointed out, a pastor, relatively new pastor in the small town of Turbyville, and... Uh, I'll get this mic thing by the end. Probably not. <laughs>
1: I'll but just keep pointing.
0: Yeah, talking to the mic. Um, and uh, but prior to that, I was raised in uh, IFB, Independent Fundamental Bible believing Hellfire Damnation KJV 1611 only. You know, uh, church, which is very legalistic. Um, it's kind of a like Pharisaical. Um, the belief system. Well, fast forward a little bit. Some things happened. My parents got divorced, which was not supposed to happen if you follow what the man of God says in the church and so i ran for 29 and a half years graduated high school joined the air force and then did 20 years 21 years eight months and 27 days in the air force but who's counting um you yeah (laughs) i was especially at the end um but what got me was about three years out god said i called you to be a preacher at a young age and uh you know i gave you 21 years in the air force because at any point he could have made it you know miserable he could have you know done a lot of things as you know make it a little bit hotter to be in there uh to be in the military and uh he just said it's time to get back to doing what i called you to do and so i got hired onto a local church in sumter they took a chance on me i did all the missions um stuff benevolency type stuff and uh then just happened to have a buddy who got a phone call about a church in turboville needed a pastor and here i am three years later so
1: well, I'm also from the town of Turbyville now. Yes. How are you liking it out there?
0: I, I love the town. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, uh, it's small. There's not a lot of traffic, which I know hurt the town, because that used to be the only thoroughfare to Myrtle Beach. So that's why all them old gas stations and stuff. I mean, to hear about the heydays of that town is, uh, is pretty uh, fascinating.
1: Well, we actually moved out there because we wanted that like step back in time feel like everybody knows your kids. They're not going to get away with anything Nothing. like everybody knows everybody. We really like it. Uh, and I love that they're doing the um, food trucks right now because mm-hmm. that's like like a really hot thing. And uh, I would have never thought it would come to Turbyville. So I'm, I'm enjoying that, too.
0: Yeah. I didn't, we didn't think the feather bed was ever going to be tore down. Um, <laughs> we were offered the church was offered to buy it twice. And uh, both times we turned it down because of the asbestos situation. But anyway, we just thought that thing was just going to be there forever. So we were surprised when we saw uh, somebody out there moving dirt.
1: Oh, yeah. We were curious. I was like, what is going on? Yeah. Yeah. So that's awesome. It is. Well, we're glad that you're in Turbyville. And um, I think we were going to talk more today about.
0: Oh, you want me to. Yeah. Oh, you want me to. Yeah, I think it's important that, um, especially in society today, uh, the abortion thing is huge, uh, given what was leaked from the Supreme Court. Uh, You know, there's just so many things that the church uh, is leaving um, the world to figure out without a positive, loving influence, which is what we're commanded um, by Jesus Christ himself, who was a perfect example for 33 and a half years of what that looked like. I mean the man that uh, betrayed him he washed his feet right he had the last supper with him um so you know a lot of the stuff that we're seeing and again this is i'll just go ahead and put this caveat out there this is my opinion just from the way i was raised um the time i ran uh to got back into churches you know now it seems to be about numbers let's get folks in um but we're gonna select who we're gonna let in. And then we're going to not take care of the widows and the orphans like we're commanded. And that leaves a lot of folks out there that are hurting, that need hope, that we're allowing the world to dictate what that hope looks like. Drugs, alcohol, sex, um, plastic surgery. I mean, you name, you know, the latest uh, sports car, you could put anything in there, money, jobs, um, you know, that's their hope and then things fall apart all the time. We took, you know, the Bible and prayer out of schools and we wonder why there's more school shootings now. I mean, I I did not look up these statistics, but I do know that if you looked up the statistics from back in the time when we had the Pledge of Allegiance and uh, which that really doesn't matter, uh, but you know, the Bible and prayer, the pledge is important, uh, Bible and (laughs) prayer uh, in the schools, uh, you know, there was hope. Even if it was just a moral foundation, even if somebody
1: left... 100% moral foundation. You couldn't have said it better. And I think that's the thing is, if if you take out God, you remove... Because you don't have to be religious to have morals, but I just think that... I'm going to have a little pause break here, Joe. I am blind and cannot see that very well.
0: (laughs) It's just uh, school shootings by the decade.
1: Right, yeah. And the numbers going up, yep. but I do I think just morality as a whole has gone out the window as far yes. as schools. They, if you can remove that, you can tell anybody that anything 's okay
0: yes well, and you, you got to think i didn 't hit the button, and I did that little, so my apologies, but you also have to think about where the church is culpable in the way society is today uh, you know let 's just say for sake of argument, you go back to the 1950s 1960s 1970s you know, the resurgence of the church, uh, like 70-something percent. I did see that statistic today on a Gallup poll. Um, back in those, th- that time, 70-something percent of people claimed to be Christian. Um, now, of course, understand that was, you know, Orthodox Jew, Muslim, uh, Catholic, Protestant. You know, it, it ran the whole gamut, but you had 73 uh, percent that identified as Christian, as God. Uh, they, they believed in a God or believed in the God. And uh, you, you look back at that time, and especially the way I was raised, there was a whole lot that was given, but the most important thing was left out, and that was love. For instance, um, you know, homosexuality, right? Um, it is a sin according to the Bible, period, dot. But so is alcoholism. So is Murder so is so i mean you could list them right but what happens is you get the crazies on tv and they're the ones that get to dictate the narrative so then as soon as you say you know you're a christian or you're conservative or you believe in this you believe in that they don't want to talk to you you're a bigot you hate us i don't hate anybody i love everybody right and i would love to see them come to jesus how they live their life is between them and god come to the church where you're broken and hurt but the church because especially the church I grew up in, I'm coming back full circle, I promise. But homosexuality was like the sin to end all sins. If somebody was gay, they were not allowed to step foot in the church. They were, they were going to hell regardless. They were outside of God's saving power, which we know is false. So you look at that for all those years that folks were told that you're just the worst of the worst. Right. Um, and I mean, you can add other things to that, too. I mean, you know, the abortion issue, right? Abortion is murder. Right. However, um, it doesn't mean that if a female goes and gets an abortion, that I hate her. Right. It means that, oh, by the way, when you come in, because I do sit on the board at the Sumter Pregnancy Center, and uh, they do find that these ladies that do follow through with the abortions, um, Planned Parenthood tells them it's not a big deal, uh, you know, it's not very painful, you'll get through it quick. Well, then they have physical and mental issues after the uh abortion procedure or the whether even if it's just the pill that by the way you can get mailed to you now in a lot of places um they come in and they're just broken right because they felt lied to because that's what the world does and the church should be wrapping their arms around these ladies
1: well they shouldn't be judging them on on things because who knows the circumstances? You don't Correct. know why they chose to do that or you know what the reasoning was. But who are we to say, because you're right, in the Bible it says all sins are equal. Whether mm-hmm. you murder or you lie or right. you cheat or you steal, it's all the same in God's eyes. On earth, completely different. You're mm-hmm. gonna go to jail if you murder somebody. Right. If you lie, that's just gonna make the people that you lie to not like you or not trust you. So to me, it's like all of that stuff can be forgiven if you're looking at them through the eyes of Christ, like we should be. We should not be condemning them for their past mistakes because we're no different. It's just different mistakes. I agree 100%.
0: And so if you can't tell, we're talking about church issues and church hurt and uh, it's kind of a passion of mine. But then if you look back, right? So what, what ended up happening is you ended up having folks doing these things, having these things, but they hid. They still attended church. They were still deacons in churches. They were still singing in the choir. They were still, you know, but because they were afraid of being excommunicated, for lack of a better term, kicked out of the church, being judged, you know, it all went under the radar instead of being loved and feeling love from the church, which leads us to where we're at today. If you look at the statistics, um, you know, for the first time in history, and this was based on 2021, you know, we're no longer a Christian nation. We no longer identify as a Christian nation because there's more nuns than there are people that say they believe or don't believe. Um, and again, you know, so, some are atheists, some are agnostic, some just don't want to say anything, or they just don't identify, but they may believe in a higher power. Um, but we find ourselves today, I think, at A pivotal moment in history for the church or in the history of the church and if we don't start acting like we're commanded to we're going to become more irrelevant than we are now
1: i think that gen z we were reading an article on daily wire earlier today and it was talking about uh gen z and the problem is is the atheists are more popular And parents aren't pushing these kids to be in church. So all they're hearing is one side and they're just going along with it because their parents aren't backing up the Christian lifestyle. It's hard to follow something that you're like, well, every walk you take, you're contradicting yourself. And again, we're human. We're going to do that. Um, But I think more of a whole, it's, you know, do as I say, not as I do younger generations just don't want to get on board with that. Cause it's like, I don't want to be a hypocrite. Right. I just want to be me and live my life. And, you know, and I think nobody wants to put themselves out there and be vulnerable and be rejected. And a lot of people who are still in the church, they shun those that don't line up with what they think they should. Right. And it's just becoming a problem and we should be loving people in the state that they're in.
0: Correct. That, I mean, the church is a hospital for the broken, Right. right when i stand up there and preach i'm not preaching to the folks sitting out there god has beat me up if you will or just convicted me all week as i'm studying and preparing it's something that i'm dealing with in my life as well it's not just me standing up there and telling them you know like how i was raised the pastor stood up there and he told you what god said right um it that's not how this works right i read the scripture and god speaks through the scripture to the members all while he's dealing with me as well, um, because I'm not perfect, uh, which I know is shocking. So uh, just ask my wife, she'll tell you. <laughs> but, uh,
1: we'll have to have her on next week. Oh, don't. No,
0: <laughs> she'll get me in trouble. Um, but so there's just a lot with the church today. Um, as we were talking earlier, you know, the church is so reactive. And by the time they react, a lot of times it is, they're so far gone that they're essentially dead right I mean they're they're in the death knell they're taking the agonal breaths you know you're not gonna be able to revive them and so it's important that the churches as you talked about with the Gen Z and Millennials they're more real I believe than even two or three generations ago because the way I was raised is you could act a fool fight you know cuss do whatever Monday through Saturday just not Wednesday night because we had church things too. <laughs> right. But anytime you step foot in church, you better have a smile on your face and everything's perfect. When it's not. Right. And so that's what the Gen Zers, that's what the millennials want is they want that realness. Um, I say that, but th- there's also that, you know, mega church Uh, that gives them the comfort of being able to go and say yeah i went to church but not having to you know do anything not having any conviction
1: right they can stick in the shadows and nobody even knows any different
0: correct but um it's a it is important that the church looks at the way we do church going forward um you know one of the big issues as i was growing up was tithing right that pastors. It seemed like every time they got in a pulpit, how much money, you know, were they going to ask for that Sunday for one project or another or for one thing or another. And, uh, that's all well and good, but I would, I would dare and, and, and I'll be transparent. Our church is one of these. Um, we're trying to get better. It takes time, but I would love to see some of these bigger churches open their bank accounts to be looked at. And I mean, I'm talking about Two, three, five million dollar budgets. How much is going to discipleship? How much is going to the Great Commission, sharing the gospel, loving the least of these versus salaries or, you know, brand new this or brand new that or a big screen so they can have their big concert on Sunday mornings, you know, that, that sort of thing. And there's nothing wrong with it if you are spending that same amount of money, if not more, the other way.
1: All right, that makes me think about that whole scandal with Joel Osteen. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of mega churches, <laughs> when they had that flood in Texas and they would not open their doors to the people, right. that was your time to shine. And you didn't want to do it until you were called out. And then fast forward, I think it was last year, they had made that claim that all that money was lost. And then that guy was uh, fixing the bathrooms and they found it in the wall. This is the thing. These are the things that turn people off about church church. And it's like when that happened in Texas, more importantly, I mean, the money is a whole different issue, but when that happened and people were in need, he should have been the first one with those doors open. And that's what people don't like about Christians. Right. We're hypocrites. Right.
0: And, and I, I agree with them. Um, most of the folks I talk to when I invite them to church or a church, and um, the first thing you say is uh, I don't like to hang out with hypocrites. Now, I mean, that's kind of a, a little bit. Uh, uh,
1: Everybody's a hypocrite. Right. That's what At I, the end of the day.
0: Right. But, you know, and that's the point is the message what, what is the church's message to society today? Because I hear a lot about revelations, the rapture, Jesus coming back. Why don't you preach on the rapture? Why don't you do this, you know, about the, the Daniel and revelation? You know, why, why don't you focus on that? Because the Great Commission is still the great commandment until he does come back. Right. So we know how it ends. We, we, Jesus wins. And because we're his children, we win with him. To me, yes, it's important but it's not so important that it overtakes the gospel, which is good news, to the point where we sit in our four walls, because it's just a building, the church is us, the church is the people. Right. And for too long, I believe that we have, you know, I'm going to church, I'm going to church, I'm going to church, to where now, the building is identified as the church, and it, I mean, it, that that doesn't do anything other than keep you cool during the summer while there's preaching going on, or keeping you hot in the winter, and Fellowship Hall, maybe a gym. It's not the church; it's just a facility. Um, It's the people that are sitting there that are children of God. That is the church. That's the gathering of the saints. Right. Um, But uh, what I tell you is going to (laughs) happen.
1: You're going to lose your train. I was going to lose my train of thought, but I will fill in here. Uh, There's actually a song that came out. I was probably in high school by Casting Crowns. It's called "If We Are the Body." Mm -hmm. Great song. Pretty much saying that we make up. church and we should be out there we should be reaching these people and i'll even go on i didn't want to cut you off while you're still talking but with revelation um we should be preaching that to new christians so that they know how it ends right the people who already know how it ends need to be reminded how they should be living today
0: correct so i got back to my point gotcha um but so what i'm finding now is and it's a lot of churches um one we're getting older right i mean if you look across the churches just like you said we're not bringing young folks in parents have over the generations it's kind of just been watered down to where it's just something you do on christmas and easter or homecoming which i just learned about here in the south
1: what is homecoming
0: you guys don't have homecoming
1: i don't think so
0: all right so homecoming is where anybody and everybody that's ever been a member of the church Come back for that one Sunday a year.
1: Okay, all right. Well, the church I went to as a child, Jedburg, they would do that.
0: The body is so afraid of the world right now. when it should be the opposite. Because Jesus told the devil to get behind him. Jesus is the one that uh, defeated death. He tells us that he doesn't give us a spirit of fear, um, but of love, self-control. Love, there's that love thing again. But... You know, fear not for I have overcome the world. I mean, that there's so many verses that tell us how we're supposed to act in this world and we act the exact opposite. We're afraid. We're going to sit in here and we're going to complain about the policies. We're going to complain about the people in charge when instead we should be praying for them and we should be trying to make things better.
1: Right, well, I think we talked about this last week, but the thing for me is, you know, in the Bible it says to to follow the law mm-hmm. of man. So when Christians tell me, well, I don't think God wants us to get involved in politics. He tells you to follow the law of man. So you better be sure I'm going to be out there voting for whoever is is voting based off biblical values. Right. That's who I want in charge because if I'm going to follow the law of man, I want to make sure that he has the same, you know, thought pattern as God. Right. You know, I, I, we need godly leaders out there. You know, this is not the time to creep back into the shadows and be afraid to say what you stand for. Right. Because like you said, okay, abortion, huge topic. I'm pro-life. God created life, so I know he wants life, and that's why I'm pro-life. Does that mean that I, you know, would not love anybody who's any different? Absolutely not. Right your choice in life is your choice in life. He gave us free will for, for a reason. And I would not judge anybody for the decisions that they've made that they thought were best for them, but I'm going to be pro-life. So.
0: Yeah. And you know, that's, that's what's wrong with society today. You know, the, I mean, if you look at the constitution and you look at the original framers, you know, our country was built on being able to, Uh, negotiate on being able to disagree or agree to disagree um you know give and take that i mean that's what our country was founded on so to your point let me get back to that let me get to your point i I agree voting is important voting is very important and i almost feel that that the last election uh a lot of christians just kind of how i was uh let me the folks i talked to right so it's not a very big sample but they were already defeated before the election so then why go out and vote right you know what they're gonna steal it because they're male. i mean you know we get so focused that's the thing is christians get so focused on all the negative negative? and i mean there's yeah for
1: people who should have hope and mercy and all of that we are very debbie downer sometimes
0: we are we are and you know society now as you talk about, we shouldn't be afraid, I agree. Um, society now, they minimize and label. And if they can minimize you and your opinion because of who you are, and if they can label you as a racist, as a bigot, nobody wants to be labeled. So now I'm just gonna sit over here in my corner and sulk because I'm not, I don't wanna be labeled. I wanna be, I wanna be liked by everybody. You know. So it, it's important that as as we talk about politics and all these things um that we have discussions and it's okay if you and i disagree i still love you as a as a sister in christ you know if it's you and i disagreeing on something i don't have to agree with you that's between you and god and you know you, you'll deal with that when you get to heaven right you know i i don't judge that so but so the church ha- has a lot of uh, culpability in the way things are today uh I think the celebrity pastors hasn't, haven't helped. Uh, I'm not saying that you know, pastors shouldn't know presidents, shouldn't pray for presidents. Matter of fact, I'm friends with one, grew up listening to him preach. And to be honest with you, I mean, I, I can't remember, but he may have been the one preaching at the tent revival that I got saved at at 12 years old. Um, but I mean, he had a chance to pray over Donald Trump. And so I think that's important. But to allow the politician to come in and use your the pulpit as a means to get votes you know that that's where the the issue is for me because then we're rendering unto caesar what is god's right instead of rendering under caesar what is caesar's so it's that celebrity you know the jerry falwell's the um uh, uh I, I don't know about billy i love billy graham but I don't know if he would fall into that too i mean he had a lot of connections his heart
1: seems so pure like i you know i i don't think he had ever been tied to any scandals or anything like that i think he lived what he preached and that's just my personal point of right. view i didn't live with him so i don't know his day in and day out um but uh i i think that he had pure intentions as far I, as he goes but yes there are a lot out there that are kind of like
0: mm. right and and so they use that political clout i mean we saw it with liberty university and donald trump right right so to me if we're going to decry or if we're going to cry and scream and holler every time a conservative voice is silenced then the conservatives need to also open up the christians need to open up and listen to because what are we afraid of we afraid they're going to change our opinions are we afraid they're going to change our minds so anyway but the church is culpable in in the way that things are in the world today as a whole
1: well they're not stepping up and doing their part and that's the thing is you know we're just handing it to them they're telling us what they're going to do and no like you said nobody wants to get involved nobody wants to be the bad guy and i mean think about it most of the disciples were martyred why because they were doing their job and people didn't like it
0: right and you know to continue down that this road of the church, you know, by keeping the churches divided, you know, make sure that this church is white and it stays white. And in this church over here is black and it stays black. But why is it like that? Because in Revelation chapter 13, it tells me that all tongues, all tribes. Right. So shouldn't we be mirroring? Cause I believe the Lord's prayer as he was teaching the disciples how to pray when one I'm asked was on earth as it is in heaven, but it's not, at least not in America. It's not right. Uh, Martin Luther King, you know, whenever he said it, I, I don't have the, the date of the quote, but you know, Sunday's the most segregated day. And this is, a you know, Ryan Glosson, uh, translation of how he said it, but, um, you know, Sunday's the most segregated day of the week. Why we work together, we go to school together, but then when we go to worship God, it's going to be separate because they worship differently. I've heard that on from both sides.
1: Um, I'll be honest, I actually, since the age of 10, have been singing in church most of my whole life, obviously. I have been to so many churches. And I have been welcomed by every church. I have been to AME churches. I have been to Baptist churches. I have been to Pentecostal churches. I think it's just a perception. Um, You're right. Like, we are segregated in that aspect. But if you go there, I have never been treated differently it's just i don't know why it's like that but when you go i have never experienced like oh you're not one of us or you can't be here type
0: type
1: deal so i'm not sure why they do it that way but i know my personal experience like it's been nothing but great right so
0: it and i mean the same for me is just sunday morning we go to our church they go to their church i mean you can put the they the you know koreans have their own churches it's not a lot of diversity within the body um especially in the south let's just you know say it for what it is um and so we we've got to do more together because we again we can disagree but if we can't how can we expect the world this is a question i ask a lot of my fellow pastors uh and and friends of mine who are pastors how can we expect the world to have their stuff together if we don't have ours right i mean you look at the church we are fractured we are fragmented uh we don't like the church down the road because they started after they got mad at the preacher and split and i mean we don't even love one another so how can we expect the world who doesn't have any hope doesn't have a god or doesn't believe in a god excuse me how can we expect them to have their stuff together
1: I would even argue the point that people who don't have a very high religious background, like, or aren't involved a lot in religion, um, they're actually willing to forgive others faster than people of the church, which is mind blowing, too. Right. So it's like, how, why would anybody want to be like that if everything's held against you? Mm -hmm. You never move past anything. But when they're just going along living their normal lives, the people they interact with are willing to do that. So I agree.
0: Right. It, it, again, the, the world is definitely outpacing the church in a lot of ways. Um, and, and that's one of them, you know, because uh, schools being what they are, but, you know, they, they're supposed to be nonjudgmental, no bullying. You know, it's just totally different now. Right. Um, and so, you know, if... if sally down the street you know i break into her house and you know i do or i break a window or something and you know she forgives me and we're cool but if i belong to a church and let's say that i um my baby is crying in the sanctuary when the preacher's preaching and i've been a part of this and the preacher stops preaching and tells the the lady to get the child out of the sanctuary because it's disrupting everybody else huh that's their problem, right? So, so why would I want to be with this group of people when I can hang out with this group of people and have fun? Right. And, and they're going to accept me. Yes. <laughs>
1: Even with my crying baby. Right. Uh, it's funny that you said that. We actually were in church. Uh, this was before the pandemic and uh, Pastor Mike was preaching and man, he was on fire. I was like into that message. And uh, the clock must have hit 12. I don't know because I'm not a clock watcher. Somebody jingled their keys on Purpose just alert, hey, it's 12 o'clock. Why do you come to church if you have a time frame that you're on? Right. Like just watch it on TV then. Right you know, at that point, you know you're not here to really hear what he has to say or to be engaged in what you might learn if you're going to start jingling your keys at 12 p.m. And then it broke everybody else's concentration that was, you know, so it's kind of just like, Ugh.
0: right. I mean, at that point, for lack of a better term, I mean, you're grieving the Holy Spirit. Right. The folks around are listening, they're engaged, and, you know, you want to disrupt with, but... Why not silently get up and leave? Right. And, you know, that's not just your church. Uh, When I first uh, was the interim, um, I had a a deacon come up to me and say, hey, you know, about 12 o'clock, people get restless, they start looking at their watch, you know, so try to wrap up around 12 o'clock, and I'm like, well, I mean, I'll, I'll do my best, but... You know, I'm going to go where the spirit leads. And uh, he come to me because one of the members went to him complaining because two Sundays in a row I went to like 12, 10, 12, 15, you know. I mean, that was sermon. How everything. dare you. Right. <laughs> and uh, But I was proud of the deacon because he told the guy, well, get up and leave then.
1: Right. Yeah, if thing. you're on a time frame, sit in the back, quietly get up and leave.
0: Right. No, it,
1: no one's, if they're really paying attention, no one's even going to notice. Right.
0: Well, that's because a lot of their their they're those folks their idol is the food they're gonna get at 12 o'clock it, and they gotta get to you know whatever restaurant
1: i love food. food
0: too hey i'm a fat kid so <laughs> I'm, I'm the first one to get in that buffet line now matter of fact this is gonna be a side note. you ever watch the, cr- the clumps uh, eddie murphy
1: yes yes i have
0: when they go to the um buffet that's how I envision myself. Like, I'm scraping the bottom. <laughs> I'm filling my plate. So, anyway, that's probably one of my favorite moments in, in movie history is the clumps when they went to that all-you-can-eat buffet.
1: You would think that wouldn't even be an issue anymore because so many people do, like, the intermittent fasting and they can't even eat. Maybe right. that's why he jingled his keys, though, like, because 12 o'clock's is when he can finally eat. <laughs> and he's like...
0: Well, in a lot of the... If,
1: I say he. I don't even know if it was a he. Yeah. That was rude. I shouldn't have assumed.
0: Yes, yeah, don't... Um, yeah. yeah, but, again... I think that speaks to the health of the church if the body is more focused on hymn books if the body is more focused on where something is if the body is more focused on how someone's dressed uh, if the body's more focused on i mean you could put anything in there we're not focused on god all those things are idols and that's what we have to get back to Uh, like that old testament that should be hammered into churches because every single one of us have idols. And God hates idols. <laughs> Matter of fact, we saw what he did to the children of Israel over and over because they would go back to idolatry and worship other gods and, you know, take wives of other nations and worship their gods. And
1: What was it? They were stuck in the wilderness for 40 years, but it was really like a, was it seven days or 11 day trip?
0: Oh, it was like a, yeah. It was, a, <laughs> it was less than like a two week trip. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's insane and yeah if you look at a map it was like they were just pretty much going back and forth Right. right
1: well imagine it too like back it just puts into perspective like it's no different than as it is now they went up to see the promised land and they saw all those giants and they were like we can't beat them right it's no different now people are like i'm not getting involved i can't i can't beat this what's going on right now
0: right we we minimize god um you know
1: which he, is why I think he gets fired up. Correct. <laughs> don't tell me what I can't do.
0: Cor- right. And don't- And
1: especially he had just split the Red Sea for them to walk through it. Right. Like, uh, remember like two days ago when I got you out of Egypt? Hello? Right.
0: <laughs> they, well, you know, and it's the same thing today. Um, I was, uh, I did a, we have Wednesday evening worship. And last night I talked about the storm that Jesus calmed. you know, he was asleep. So let's go to the other side. He's down there sleeping. Um, You know the disciples this was after three parables and jesus even explained the first parable does that mean we're wrapping up no oh screen flickering uh but he even explained the first parable to them, and it was all about the kingdom the kingdom of heaven and who jesus is who god is you know all that stuff as soon as the first wave wind i mean as soon as the first issue arose they started doubting god But we have to also understand, you know, they didn't know the fullness of Christ yet. Right. We know the fullness of Christ. We have a book called the Bible that shows us everything that the disciples were missing. And yet we believe like the disciples. We take God. uh, We put him on a shelf Monday through Friday, Monday through Saturday. And then Sunday morning, we take him back down, pull out our Bible, blow the dust off of it, go sit in a pew hoping the preacher ends at 12 or eleven thirty or i mean 11 45 or 11 we put in our dues correct it's we're marking the box we're marking the box and millennials and gen xers if i can go back to that they're not box checkers they want it to mean something
1: right i don't want to waste my time right and and it doesn't mean anything correct when they could sit at home and read their bible and have a real relationship with christ
0: right and and they can watch you know now post covid everybody's a, a joel osteen right i'm I'm kidding but everybody's got a you know a live stream unless
1: it's raining <laughs> it's oh really flooding. no i'm kidding <laughs> oh i got <gotcha>. you
0: <laughs> fair enough um but you know everybody's got a live stream so now they got a smorgasbord of pastors that they can you know watch and glean information from and uh but you know, to get back to the books, right, the money, when you talk about Gen Xers and uh, millennials, you know, why would they want to give money to a church that's not helping the community, that's not helping orphans, that's not helping widows, that's not, you know, that's not doing what they're commanded in the Bible, that's not loving. When, I mean, they can go to Samaritan's Purse and give their money, and they know it's going somewhere, or, you know, they can give it to K-Love, which is a Christian radio station, so that way the gospel's getting spread through there. I mean, there's so many different ways. I do
2: love K-Love.
0: I do too. I, I, I listened to them for quite a while. I mean, I, I've been listening to them for quite a while. I hadn't, hadn't heard of them until we got here to Sumter or to South Carolina. Yeah, but I love K-Love too. But I mean, that's the crux of it. You know, we can sit here and say, well, the young folks aren't coming to church. Well, what are we doing to get them into church?
1: to engage them to to let them them see that this is great
0: right but instead again we want to focus on
1: when i think that's the thing too like we were talking earlier with old testament versus new testament jesus wasn't flipping tables for no reason people got away from what the meaning was and they just were about taxes and following all the rules they had so many rules that everybody's like i can't even come here I, i can't even meet all these rules it's impossible you know, and so he came in and he flipped tables and by the end of it, it was love God, love people Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. And we're not doing that. Not at all. Who wants to invest their time or their money in an organization that's supposed to love God, love people, and they're not doing it.
2: Right.
0: And, you know, to speak uh, to some of that now, I want to make sure that I'm not broad brushing and we're not broad brushing because there are folks, I mean, that are oh, out there 100 percent. I know
1: a lot of people. Yeah.
0: But I mean, if you look at the churches, right, in Clarendon County alone, just off of research I did, uh, and this is give or take, because believe it or not, our church wasn't on this list um, of churches in Clarendon County, but there was 181 churches in Clarendon County as a whole. The last census, there was 31,400 something people. So as we talked earlier, that's one church per like 230-something 230 people, 233, 236. Like I said, I wrote it down and left it at home. <laughs> but, you know, that's one church for that. Well, in Clarendon County, oh, by the way, in 2010, this one was a little bit older. I couldn't find anything newer. But in 2010, over 20% of folks polled in Clarendon County didn't see themselves as Christians or didn't answer. So, I mean, there is some atheist agnostics, but, you know, there, there could have been Christians that didn't answer. But that's 20%. And if you go back to, you know, those decades where Christians were 70-something percent, so they went to church, we're down to like 50-something percent now. Right. And, you know, if you've got four Sundays a month, you'll be lucky to get them one Sunday a month. Whereas, you know, the previous generations, because that's what, every time the church doors are open, they're there, three to four Sundays a month. I mean, it's something has to be going bad for them not to be in their pew
1: well i think it's a a mix of i'm not going to come and be judged and like you said not everybody is like that like i know we're just talking the united states as a whole i think there's just a lot of room or a lot of confusion i guess like situations are arising and christians aren't meeting it Um, but more importantly, I think the world is changing so much. There's so many other things engaging people from cell phones to, you know, all the other stuff that's out there that's kind of come about in the last, you know, I want to say 30 years, but that's not 1970 anymore. It's a long time now, but, um, I just think times have grown so much and there's just so much that draws their attention. And like I said, we're not meeting them in the middle to say, Hey, this is why you should come.
0: Right. What, and we don't leverage technology because it's the devil.
1: Well, not only that, but I can't, and I will be completely honest. I am guilty of this myself. People church shop. Mm-hmm. Like, I sing. Music is very important to me. Like, I want to go to a church, you know, that engages me in that way too. But it's like, at the end of the day, why can't I just go to a church and create that there? Right. But some churches don't want bands. They want just a piano and an organ and hymns. You know, so there's just there's just a lot going on as far as that goes. Like
0: Right. But you know, if you look at the generations of, of Christians and churches and buildings that meet together, every generation's had to deal with this tension. Right. It just seems like, you know, again the Gen Zers and the Millennials are like, you can have that old stuff. Right. We're gonna we're going to go over here where we see things are happening or where we feel God moving as opposed to standing there and singing hymns and you know you sing you hear the song leader more than you hear the people in the you know uh members of the church when they should be just blasting right but it's not you know it, and I'll tell you I can't carry a tune in a bucket so when I have to lead songs I mute my mic I sing but my mic, my mic is muted. so
1: <laughs> No uh, reason to lose more members. <laughs> yeah, oh, man, I'll run them off.
0: Yeah, you talk about church shopping. Man, people look at ours and be like, nope, next pastor, you know, but. Uh, I
1: actually uh, follow a Facebook page. It's like Christian memes or something like that. Oh yes. And they actually had a video. Um, there's actually a few Christian comedians out there. I'm not sure if people know. Um, and I can put them on this when we're done. But um, they did a video about a couple church shopping. And it was like, you know, what is your music like? What is your preaching like? And, you know, people are guilty of that because we're to a point now where we have to be constantly entertained. It's no longer what we give. It's what can you give me? Right. Yeah.
0: Society, again, has a huge play in this, but the church didn't push back, right? Right. So what the church has essentially done is we've just made a lot of consumers because we still want you to come. We still want your money. Um, So don't worry about it we'll we'll pay somebody to do the nursery we'll pay somebody to come clean the church we'll pay you know the stuff that or the building you know the stuff that members used to take care of because that was how they gave back
1: i remember growing up um in my childhood church and that's what they would do they had like a list once a month and people went up and they after church and they signed what they were willing to put in for that week like my parents um i think By the time I was 14, 15, they were like, you're going to help out in the nursery once, you know, once a month. And, you know, we're going to help out in the youth once a month. And just everybody played their part and they wanted to because they enjoyed it. And it, you know, the church ran smooth and everybody, you know, was family. And there's just that detachment now.
0: Most definitely. And I'll tell you, you know, when I talk to people, I hear a lot of what they won't do. (laughs) I mean, And I'm like, in in the back of my head, I'm thinking, well, what if that's what God wants you to do? Right. You know, I mean, the Bible tells us so many times and shows us so many times. When you look at Paul, if you're a Christ follower, you're not supposed to be comfortable. And if you're comfortable with where you're at, you might want to take a leap of faith and try something else. Right. Because that's not where you're supposed to be. That comfortability kind of not kind of but that comfortability can can then push you further away from god on your on our behalf not god's you know right because we're comfortable as long as you don't mess with me as long as you don't mess with my worship times as long as you don't mess with my hymn books as long as you don't mess with my 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 and so anyway i could get off on a tangent on that one because sacred cows that was the best thing about you know covid was horrible but for a church, we were able to get re- we were able to revamp a lot of things that we would probably not have been able to had we not had that opportunity. Right. Um, and again, COVID's bad. There's nothing good about COVID. But on a, from a church standpoint, it allowed us like bulletins. You know, why are we spending money on bulletins? Right. When people look at them, leave them in their pews or throw them away. Right. But they have to have them. You know, and so, but and you can't tell them what. When you walked out Sunday, yours was just sitting there. I had to go pick it up and throw it away. It doesn't matter. I want the bulletin because that's what I've always had.
1: Right. I want to know what the lineup is. <gasps> yes. Don't leave me guessing on what hymns we're singing. Right. <laughs> or what your message is about.
0: Right. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, we even have a board that has the hymn numbers that we're going to sing yeah, on it. We have that, too. Do you?
1: Yeah. And we- the numbers that were there last week for Sunday school and church and I mean, obviously not that week's, but...
0: Right. Ooh, see, Turbiville, we used to do a Fifth Sunday, which I really enjoyed. And the churches that participated, because not everyone participated, but if it when was... When you
1: say Fifth Sunday, break it down for me. Okay. Just like Fifth Sunday singing, because we did that. Or is it like something different? No, it was
0: a, it was a church service. Okay. Um, and so, if it was, you know, uh, New Zion United Methodist in New Zion, um, if that was their Fifth Sunday, the churches that participated went to them for church and they provided the music and they provided the preaching and i mean it was just a it was a great thing because you got out
1: It brought the community together
0: brought the community together and and it showed that you know as long as we don't differ and and i'm gonna have a lot of people probably hate me on this and that's fine i don't care i follow god not them but if we can if we're the same on the core See, that's the other thing is we've made so many things the core that aren't the core. There's a reason why Jesus flipped tables. Right. Right? Uh, but if we agree on the core, I don't care about the secondary issues.
1: Well, saying that makes me think of, like, all the different types of churches, like Baptist and Methodist and, mm-hmm. you know, Catholics and all of that. They all fall under the Christian faith. But it's like they're different because, you know— and hear me out growing up, you know, Baptist didn't dance, Baptist didn't Ooh. drink, you know, but if you were a Methodist, you could drink, you know, and it's like all this stuff, like, I don't know. I just think it's just crazy, like to be broken down like that. Like Christ- Christianity is Christianity.
0: Right. So, well, and yeah. So I agree to a point, um, because there are like Catholicism has a lot of things that are that are in our core. Right. And uh, Jehovah's Witnesses are another one that have things that are just. Well, now,
1: their Bible's different.
0: Right. Well, so are Mormons. I right. mean, they got the, the, the Book of Mormon, uh, Joseph Smith, that's a whole nother.
1: Right. And um, Jehovah's Witness, they believe that you get to heaven by how many good works you've done, correct? Yes.
0: Yeah. Okay. It's works. Whereas based.
1: Christianity, you accept Jesus Christ into your heart, you. You know believe he died for your sins you know you can ask for forgiveness for your sins Mm -hmm. but you know that's how you get to heaven right but you should want to strive to do good works but it doesn't make a break
0: well and james you know was it james or paul but um james he lays it out and he says that work comes by faith so the works isn't because i'm working to get into heaven the works is because i'm already going to heaven because of what jesus christ did on the cross and it was so huge that he was willing to die for me, a wretched individual, that I should want to share that good news. Right. I should want to go out there and take care of the widows. I should want to get out there and help those in need and not judge. So, I mean, there's just a whole slew of.
1: Well, you could put that in a different perspective. Like, if you get a good deal, like, let's just say like you go to Lowe's and right now, like, wood is out the wazoo. Yeah and you get like 30, 40% off. What are you gonna do? You're gonna go out there and tell all your friends and family, like, oh "Oh my gosh, I got wood for 40% off. You know, good things make you wanna tell other people. Unfortunately, though, it seems like nowadays the negative is what gets fed out there. Right? Can you believe type deal? Like, this is what happened to me and I want everyone to know. Like, being a small business, um, you know, if someone comes in here and, you know, if they don't like what you did, They don't come talk to you anymore half the time. They're just going to bash you. Right. You know, it's like, why didn't you come talk to me? I, you know, I'm not the only hands on deck here, you know. So, I don't know. It's just, it's crazy.
0: Oh, man, who was it? It's been accredited to so many different people, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But there is the adage that people are used to being able to talk trash, and I get punched in the mouth. And that's what social media has allowed people to do. I mean, they can go on church websites and put a one-star even though they may have never been there because of, you know, maybe their ex wife goes there or, you know, right. You name it.
1: Or somebody told them that they had a bad experience. So they're just going to go ahead and do it. Right. But for the record, I wouldn't punch anybody in the face for that. (laughs) Well, and
0: as a, as a, as a pastor, I would not either. Um, but, uh, remember I was in the military for 21 years, so I've got a lot of rough edges. Right. Um, but, uh, I try to live out the gospel and, and a lot of that is asking for forgiveness, especially for what comes out of my mouth. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, we're all sinners, so we all got our crosses to bear.
1: That's right. But, yeah, I've definitely seen some stuff posted on social media that I was like, mm, I don't know if that would have been said if people were in person. Right. But yeah.
0: I mean, how how many conversations do you have with somebody in there like, man, I'm going to tell them this, 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 and this. And then you happen to be there when they meet that individual, and it's nothing like what they said. It's amicable. It's you know, hey, man, it would have been better, or hey, you know, it would have been better if this would have happened, not that. You know, that really hurt my feelings, or, you know, that made me mad.
1: Which is the way it should be. Correct. Anyways, but yes, I agree.
0: Right. So, uh, but yeah, I, I don't advocate punching anybody in the mouth. I want to make sure I say that. If <laughs> yes, he doesn't, neither that do out. I. I
1: do not condone that. Yeah. That is uh, not good behavior.
0: No. But. Um, so, you know, just to, I think, basically, wrap up The ramblings right and that's what i tell the folks at church i'm a uh, stumbling fumbling mumbling preacher right just trying to get get the word out the best i can but what i want people to know is the color of my skin my conservative beliefs my political views do not dictate how i treat people do not dictate um if i will help someone or not it's the God. It's God. It's Jesus Christ in my life. That's who drives how I love, who I love, and and I don't always get it right, right. I think we
2: we We're all, all human about
0: that, right. But if we could if we could just understand that, and and actually have a conversation instead of saying, well, because you're a white conservative male, you can't speak on this. Well, I mean, I have an opinion too, and I get what opinions are like, but what if I have yeah I won't go there but uh edit that out um <laughs> but you know that that's where the world needs to come back to it needs to come back to a place the people and it starts in the church when we're fighting every business meeting over the color of carpet color of pews, lighting paint you, you name it right if that's what we're doing then how do we expect the world to act any different and so Instead of allowing that crazy to get on that stage and scream all this hatred, um, phobic language. Be proud and be bold to say what is a sin. But also let them know that that doesn't mean I hate you. Right. That doesn't mean you're lesser than me. That doesn't even necessarily mean you're going to hell, right? Because that's not my place to judge that.
1: I think more importantly, what it doesn't mean is you're not welcome. Right you're welcome no matter what and i matthew west has a song about that um and it just talks about you know if we were really treating the church as a hospital the pews would be filled oh yeah but we're not no we're telling people if you fall under any of these categories you're not welcome right instead of saying hey no matter what is going on in your life no matter what you believe what you think you come here you know we'll embrace you we'll love you yeah
0: um I did read an article, and I'm sure we've probably talked for a long time. But I I read an article, and it was about a a lesbian who went to a church. And she came to know Jesus because she said, When I went to that church, I was able to attend that church as a lesbian. They knew it, and they loved her anyway. I mean, could you imagine the lives that could be changed if we truly loved like Jesus Christ tells us to?
1: Well, look at how many people, and I don't know the statistics because I didn't look this up, but... They took the Bible out of schools, but the Bible is available in jail. And so many people get saved in jail. Mm-hmm. Maybe if we started in the foundation instead of after. Right.
0: Yeah, and that to me, I would just just, because I agree, but I, I do believe that there's got to be a, a balance. Um, you know, it's funny, uh, i saw a post somebody put you know you can you can teach all this other stuff that you want to teach but i'm gonna i get to share the gospel then right right i mean just make it fair make it amicable and 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 that's what it's not the pendulum has swung so far but that's because the church controlled or thought they did people they controlled how people acted in public they controlled what people did they controlled what was allowed in towns (laughs) like i don't care if somebody drinks why am I voting, or why am I signing a petition to stop alcohol sales? Uh, so, anyway, I am, uh, yeah, no, I'm good. So, that's just that's some of the things I think about as a pastor, and I, and I get it. I'm not, I'm not Southern Baptist, even though I'm a Southern Baptist ordained. Uh, the church I worked at in Sumter, that was the first uh, Southern Baptist church I ever attended, ever became a member of. Um, matter of fact, I think it was the first church I became a member of since I left the ifb world um you know because again you go back to the church in acts and that's when the church was at healthiest people were getting saved constantly nobody was wanting for anything see and that's that's the part um and not to open up another can of worms but when you start talking about abortion as murder but then as soon as the individual has the baby you turn your back on him and say well that's your problem you shouldn't have you know done that we, the church can't have it both ways. Right. We either step up and do what we're told to do or we just keep our mouth shut. Right. But, you know, we're not supposed to keep our mouth shut.
1: I would say, you brought up two good points with the, the church being in the schools that we gotta allow other stuff to, within reason. Yeah. Like, I don't think anybody, so the difference between telling a child, you know, God loves you and that he died for you is completely different than trying to teach a child about sexuality mm-hmm. um, and and where they stand, what gender they are. That that's confusion, right. and who's over confusion? No, oh, devil. Right, and so to me, it's like big difference.
0: Oh, I agree.
1: Um, and then of course, like with with abortion, yes, we we should tell them. You know, listen this is god this is what he stands for we love you no matter what uh we're gonna help you no matter what but there are other means as far as like adoption and foster care and i think that's the problem is that you know when we pay our taxes you know especially federally with that last uh bill spending bill that we sent out only 18.6 billion actually went to ukraine which was the main reason we passed it but they're given companies like planned parenthood who at the beginning of the segment we discussed are telling Mm -hmm. kids you're not going to feel anything after this, you know, when you have this abortion, it's just don't worry about it. You know, we're giving them millions, if not billions just to keep their lights on. And they're just confusing these kids. Right. And you know, there's a law here that just passed in the house. Um, I don't know if it will pass in the Senate, but it's talking about how you have to make perfectly clear the side effects and what can come about if you have a chemically induced abortion. And if you change your mind, they have to let you know that if you've only taken the first pill, it can be reversed Mm -hmm. and people voted against it. Why would you not want people to be informed of what could happen to them personally? And not only that, if they do decide to change their minds, why aren't we letting them know that that's an option and that these are the things that we can do to help you? Right you know, we should be pouring our tax money into, you know, the foster care system. So people want to step up and, you know, to adoption agencies, how many people want to adopt kids, but have you ever looked into it? It's like $30,000. Who can afford that on an average income? You know? So it's like, there should be better options so that the church can step up and do it. Now, as far as just helping raise the child, completely different. That's something that someone can do if Correct. they have the means. Um, but I'm just saying there's other things that we should be doing on a bigger scale, too. Uh, but, I mean.
0: Right. It's just. Well, and, you know, I, one of my biggest pet peeves is, well, that's the way we've always done it. Or that's just the way it is. Right. Because if we don't start having these conversations, if we don't start coming together, when are we gonna start? Like everything has a beginning. And so now is the time. I don't want my kids raised in a racist world. Right. I don't want my kids, my kids don't know, didn't have a clue about color until recently. No, I mean, of course they knew a, a kid was a different skin color than them, but right. they knew nothing about it until the CRT stuff started coming out and I mean, they're best friends, you know, and now they've got kids who used to be their best friends saying they're racist. Right. And so, it, I agree with you. There's just so much that's wrong with what's being pushed and, and taught right now, and and the church definitely needs to step up and say this is wrong. Right. Um, there is a better way. We shouldn't whitewash it or whatever they call it. Teach slavery. Teach exactly the evil that it was.
1: And where it came from, because if you and don't, if from, you don't give them the background. They're going to repeat the same mistakes.
0: Correct. Correct. And so I don't think we should take anything out of the history books. I think that they should be taught exactly an unbiased, overarching picture of this is where slavery came from. This is how it is. Uh, There's a pastor in the Southern Baptist Conference, believe it or not, that um, did a whole study on, you know, because we used to just be Baptist. Right. And then slavery split the baptist in the north and the baptist in the south so we became southern Baptists. and i mean it's ironic not funny haha funny ironic how pastors went from slavery was a sin initially to it's a god-given right well it, it's a sin to it's uh it's a necessary evil to it's a god-given right and i mean he he just lays it out beautifully and so that's when we allow man to dictate something instead of uh being unbiased and allowing folks to actually see the issue and understand the issue and and learn from the past uh, we're doomed to repeat it most definitely
1: when i think for me like being native american i know the history i know what happened it makes me sick to think about it but it also makes me grateful that i live in a time now where i'm a minority female and i have every right that you have as a white male. There is no difference between us, except physically. Now, I'm not gonna go You're sign up- You're stronger me, I know. <laughs> I was gonna say, I'm not gonna go sign up to be a firefighter and try and drag somebody out of a fire, it's not gonna happen. But outside of that, I have every right to go and sign up as right. a firefighter, and I appreciate that. So I feel like I'm less likely to take it for granted because I know the history, um, I don't wish you know, that that had happened. I wish it didn't have happened, you know, I can't speak. I wish it didn't happen, but it did. And no matter how much I want to try and erase it, it's not going to go away. But we've learned from it and we can keep growing. So to me, it's like, I don't want to pretend it never happened. I don't want to erase it because then it makes us forget where we came from and how we don't want to go back.
0: Right. And speaking of Native American, I want my kids to learn about what we did. When the white colonialists come over here to the native americans I mean, it was just horrific right and again wish it wouldn't happen um but again if we don't learn from our past we're doomed to repeat it uh, as you said so um there's just so much on those subjects that i mean that again the church is so complicit i mean how many wars are started because the, the crusades right we're going to make all these folks, we're going to make them Christian. Right. No wonder why people don't like us. <laughs> right? No right. wonder why a lot of people look at the church, especially today in the what they call the woke uh, culture, right? Um, I see everything for what it is. But what you're doing is you're taking what it was and putting it on what it is and saying it's the same thing. And it's not. There are people out there that love everybody. There are people out there that want to help There's people out there that will stand next to an African-American brother or sister if there's an injustice, just as the Bible tells us to. Right. We're supposed to grieve when they grieve. We're supposed to celebrate when they celebrate, talking about all Christians, uh, not just one um, group. And that's what we should be doing. But we're not because we're afraid.
1: Well, I do feel like if we could get back to new testament love god love people no matter who they are or where they're at in life right um but i i have to say like i mean we're in a small town like i interact with so many people here on the daily i couldn't tell you that i've ever had someone come in and just be nasty or i I feel like on a smaller level it's not as big of an issue as what the media wants us to think as far as racism and right. you know people not coming together. like I think small communities like ours, most people are, are pretty kind to one another, um, but I do think that if the church could get back to love God, love people, and accept people, um, it would catch like fire.
0: I agree. Um, I used to tell people all the time, because when I got orders here when I was still in the Air Force, uh, the Shaw Air Force Base in Sumter, I heard all these horror stories. Right, there were shootings everywhere. Um, you know, shootings at Walmart, shootings at the mall. That's that's stuff that I've even heard about it since I've been here and it hasn't you know, it it didn't really happen. Um but I used to tell people all the time I loved going to Walmart at like ten or eleven o'clock at night. Some of the sweetest people. Now they may have been missing teeth, they may have been in their pajamas, they may have been hair crazy, but they would say hi. They would stop and talk to you. I mean that's what being a human being is all about. That's what being a Christian is all about, is that relationship. And that's what the church really needs to get back to, is having the right relationship with God first, then in turn taking that and having a right relationship with their fellow human beings, whether they're believers or not. Right. And again, uh, my, one of my favorite Danny Gokey songs is Love God, Love People. I actually got a t-shirt. I'm a fanboy.
1: Yeah, I like that one too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
0: But... Just skipped over the fanboy part, though.
1: (laughs) I gotcha. (laughs) Well, I really enjoyed our conversation, and I hope everyone else does, too. And I appreciate you coming on.
0: I ramble a lot. My brain never slows down. It just jumps. You're good.
1: I thought you stayed pretty much on track.
0: Hopefully, you know, he can edit it and make make me sound smart. You already sound smart. Make me (laughs) sound smart. I
1: don't know. know about that, but... Yeah, <laughs> well, I well appreciate thank you for having me. It. Of course, and I
0: would like to say though, I forgot to mention when you said tell tell me or tell the audience about myself. I am married to a beautiful woman named Felicia, and have four kids: Dylan, Connor, Colby, and Delaney. The youngest is a girl, and she's spoiled rotten. So. I want to make sure I I give love to my family because that's honestly what it's all about.
1: Well, we did talk about your wife. Uh, We said we'd have her on next week. Yeah, we did
0: say we'd have her on. That's
1: right. (laughs) Can't wait to meet her. Yeah. (laughs) She's going to
0: give you all the dirt. That's
1: right. All right.
0: All right.